Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to your favorite crypto podcast, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto information, doing the deep diving that you don't have the time to do. And today is a very special day because of who we have the honor of presenting to you guys, the one, the only waters above crypto. I'm super excited. I appreciate you guys having me on. Much love. Yes. Johnny, do you want to introduce yourself really quick and then we'll hop into this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, first of all, good morning, everybody. How are you today? My name is Johnny Crypto with a K, and I hope you're all having a great day. I can tell you that I am super, super excited today for our guests that we have. Um, Before I jump into my question, though, I really kind of want to set the stage here because I think it's important. Uh, the work that Waters does and and to for people to understand and appreciate what he does is you first have to understand how the world works. And so therein lies the problem. Right. So if I were to tell you uh, today that there's a small group of, of elite men that are running the world and have put systems in place, literally pre-programmed us from the day we're born, the shots we get the school we go to, the fake monetary system we live in, the fake news we get, all of this is purposely put in place here um, to kind of control and lead us down a certain path. You'd sit there and say, I'm a nut job or I'm a conspiracy theorist, right? Or or something, right? You you wouldn't believe it because it's inconceivable to the human brain that a very small group of people can lead and run, you know, 7 billion people. But the reality is, um, that that's kind of what's going on. So when you realize that, you're like, holy cow, there's this whole one playing field A over here where we're all on, and then there's playing field B where the big boys are on, and you aren't in it, and you can't play in that game. And that's when you realize, like, holy cow, the deck is stacked against us, right? And how do you how do you kind of level the playing field? How do you kind of get back in the ball game? So that led me down the path of um a very famous banker, uh, some of you might know him, J.P. Morgan, and there was this famous quote that he said. And pay attention to this because this is really, really important. I think we have we could put it up on the screen. He said basically, millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. Think about that. There it is right there, right? <laughs> millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. So to get to that level, right? So that led me down this whole rabbit hole like what the heck is astrology? And when you start driving down the this whole of astrology, that led you to numerology. You're like, what the heck is numerology? And if you go down that path and pull a numerology report, it's amazing that literally by putting in just your birth date and your name, that's it. It'll spit out a report that will literally tell you 
80 to 90%, a 30, 40, 40 page report that's going to tell you 80 to 90% accurately who you are, all about you're going to read this thing. You're going to be like, how is this possible? And then you realize there's something much bigger at stake happening here today. And the reality is in school, we know about history, we know about science, we know about math. But Abs, what do you know about astrology? Mario, what have you been taught about numerology? Until I met Waters, absolutely nothing. Exactly. Right. And that's that's my question today. As we kick this off, Waters, maybe you can help us understand a little bit more about the work you do and what is numerology and astrology and how does it play into the universe and how do you leverage it to make decisions? Because I bet you right now, our audience, <laughs> I didn't go to school. I didn't know anything about numerology and astrology. So we'd love to know if you could talk a little bit more about what is it? How does it work? How do you use it in your daily life? How did you find it? All those kinds of things. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so first and foremost, numerology is just a subset of knowledge that deals with the occult significance of numbers. So basically, you're breaking down the numbers by some sort of code. And again, with the work of Nikola Tesla, you start to see that there's something deeper here to the numbers and the letters itself. And that has to deal with vibrational frequency. So when you pulled up that, um, you know, quote about JP Morgan, this really reminds me of the big quote from Nikola Tesla, where he says, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency and vibration. So everything comes back to these vibrational frequencies and you need to have some sort of measurement system for these vibrational frequencies. And, you know, when we're speaking, we have the words that come out of our mouth and those words are broken down into letters and those letters are broken down into logos. And now when you start getting deeper and deeper and deeper from the macro to the micro, you see that there's a lot of hidden meaning. And that's what occult means. When I said before that numerology is the occult significance behind the numbers, there's something hidden within all of these things. And, you know, when we're in English class in school, or when we're going through the school system, we don't really learn much of the meaning behind the words that we're speaking. We learn the definitions behind the words we're speaking. And that's quite a different thing. So what got me down this path of basically decoding stuff, not just with numerology, was with breaking down the words and the true meaning behind the letters of the words and then getting behind the true meaning of the numbers. And this, of course, brings you to numerology. And my work at this time is predominantly focused on gematria and gematria is a hebrew system of alphanumeric codes where essentially every letter gets a numerical value and with that numerical value behind a letter when you combine that into a word you start to see the values of every word but with a number and this huge combination of everything together gematria numerology and then the astrological connections has allowed me to develop my own system to decode everything and then i started to combine it with cryptocurrency and um combine it with some personal decoding that i was doing and i saw that it was just a mind-blowing system and it was something that i needed to start taking uh, a lot of my personal time to to put the energy into excellent so when you started decoding, um, did you first start out looking into crypto or were you decoding people or how, how did you what were you doing when you got started? So, yeah, at first I was basically trying to figure out the meaning of the numbers and the letters itself. And that was kind of my initial journey into 
decoding. And then I started it on myself and kind of figuring out a little bit more why I've done the things I've done in my life. Why, where, why did I end up the way I ended up? Like, why was I the way that I was in certain stages of my life? And how did I come to be at this level right now where I'm running a channel, I have a business, I'm helping people throughout the world. Um, and I've always been an, a teacher. I've always been a teacher and I've always been a teacher's teacher. So I always had a knack to not only teach individuals, but teach people who want to become teachers. And throughout that whole path of, of uh, life, I started to see that, oh, okay, well, my code, the code of my life is playing itself out perfectly. And I started to learn a little bit more about astrology. And that was what really um, kicked things off for me to get into uh, my work today, where I was seeing that the cryptocurrency market was playing in cycles and the stock market was playing in cycles. And again, like you said before with JP Morgan, he's saying um, this difference between millionaires and billionaires. And this is absolutely true. That's groundbreaking information because when you're paying attention to what moves a market, it's it deals with emotions, right? All markets move via sentiment. So it's when it's fear or greed. And we're as sophisticated investors, we're always trying to do the opposite of what retail investors do. And when you pay attention to people like Warren Buffett or Peter Lynch or even these OG guys, you know, like really OG, um, Carnegie, etc., you start to see that they always did the opposite of what everyone else was doing. When there was panic and blood in the streets, they were the ones investing. And they were um, doing this at specific times. And I started to research like, oh, okay, why is Black Tuesday so important? Why was the stock market crash of 1987 so impactful? And I started to see that there was not only cycles here, but there was a rhyme and reason to these particular famous stock market crash dates. And every time I looked into it, it would be a big significant number like 22 or 33 or 66, or it would be uh, from one crash to another crash. It would be 222 months. Um, and I started to see that this pattern was repeating time and time and time and time again. And through investigating that, I came across uh, the big important uh, you know, piece of my work right now, which is the Shemitah. And it's a sabbatical cycle year. Every seven years, we have this event called Shemitah, which means to release. And if you take the stock market every seven years, you see that there's a big noticeable correction. And this kind of it, it, it literally like created an apocalypse for me. Like, you know, the true meaning of apocalypse is an uncovering, an unfolding. It was like a very illuminating moment. And when I started to make all these connections back to the cycles, then I got even smaller with my connection. And that would be the lunar cycle. Literally, the full moon and the new moon play such a role in the behavior of a market. And then you have the eclipses. So just take one example really quickly. If you go back to December 4th, we had an eclipse. There was a huge market washout, and then we entered a downtrend. And if you go back to May 19th, we had a huge market correction. It was around an eclipse. So we're seeing these eclipses play such a major role in the energy of a market, and particularly, particularly the crypto market, because it's so volatile and the overall market cap is so low. So, and it's also a lot of leverage. There's all these instruments pushing this market to be extremely volatile whilst other sectors with much more liquidity, much more sophisticated investors with longer time horizons. It doesn't have that volatility. So crypto is particularly um, 
finicky when it comes to things like eclipses or full moons or new moons. So yeah, I mean, my work is very comprehensive and I could break it down further, but it was those sorts of realizations, just seeing like, wow, there is a amazing connection here between just taking the full moon where we have bearish energy in the market and then a new moon where we have bullish energy in the market. And it's undeniable because we have 12 years of chart history for Bitcoin, for instance, showing this to to us, and no one can no one could say anything else. I mean, even recently, we just saw the uh, the lows on the Bitcoin chart coming in around the recent full moon. You go back to the double bottom a couple last month; it was right around the full moon. Yeah, it makes total sense to me. What you're saying, I've literally lived in. I think other people have where you're in the markets and if you can just train your brain to do the opposite of what what you want to do you'll find you could be very successful in the market but that's so hard to do and that's when i that's how i found you by starting to figure out how do we how do you get an edge how do you get ahead right and if, and if they're using astrology well then shit why shouldn't we use astrology right it's just like i narrow it down to a football game at the end of the day you want to put your players in the best position to win and i kind of view astrology as the same thing the elites know that on certain dates or certain times or certain numbers the probability of something is going to be better and it seems like they've they know this calendar they know when the right um you know orbital planets uh are or, or you know positionings are in where it's beneficial for them for them to do something there's a higher probability of success is that kind of how it works. Yeah. And there's also definitely human intervention in some regards. And I'll put an example, right? Like when we see the big uh, dips happening in the market, we have a buy wall, right? We have a, we have literally every big major uh, 10 to 15% move down on the downside has a rebound rally that could be an additional 10% to the upside. And I'm talking about cryptocurrency. So yes, they're paying attention to the astrology, but also they're numerologically selecting where they want to buy up all that discounted crypto. Mm. They're not morons. The whales who are shorting us are buying us at the bottom and they're, and they're bouncing us. So they create bear traps. And with these bear traps, the retail investor thinks we're going to keep going down. So they short the market at the worst time. And it's just, they keep rinse repeating this. And every time it happens where you get a big, um, a big move, a big volatile move in the market, it's always tied back to numerology, gematria, and astrology. So yeah, that edge is exactly what my work has kind of been exposing. There is a natural element to it through the, through the astrology, but there's also a completely, um, you know, manipulated quality to it when it comes to the particular prices. So this is where my work is very multifaceted because I've proven so many times that the, the natural order is something that we need to kind of pay attention to. And that could be as simple as paying attention to the, the moon cycle, the eclipses. And then if you're really deep into astrology, whether that be tropical or Vedic or sidereal, you can apply that piece of information as well. That's another layer. But although that's a very difficult and complex, you know, that's a whole science in and of itself. But then what I love to do is just use Gamatria because it's given me a lot of my answers very quickly. Like I'll give a great, a great example of this. If you take from the recent all-time high of Bitcoin at 69,000 and measure it down to 33,000 where it dipped and it had its low, and, and it, we'll call it the low so far, right? Of course, things can go lower. But if you take that movement, 
that perfect movement of, of a price and then take the amount of days that it took to make that move happen, it was exactly something that we find in Gamatria. So I was showing this to everyone in my last YouTube video, actually, and this measurement is approximately... It's like 52% to the downside, and it took 75 days. And when you type cryptocurrency into a Gamatria calculator, you get those two numbers. You literally get 75 and 52. Wow. So, I mean, that's just one of many, many, many things that, that I've, uh, you know, shown in my work. And I, I love how easy it makes it because now we have an online calculator and we could just kind of play around with the keywords. And then through there, we need to actually have some wisdom and, and background knowledge to apply to what we're typing in. So I showed you guys this in our last uh, Gamatria webinar when I was decoding Ripple and XRP and how that's all playing into the code, not only from the company's logo, the, uh, the meaning behind the word Ripple, the players in their company, like the CEO, the person who's the co-founder, the current, uh, uh, you know, all the players in their game, whether it be yeah. David Schwartz, Chris Larson, Brad Garlinghouse, they're all coded within this company. And the SEC breakdown that I shared with you guys, that's all, it's all amazing. Like once you see that there is something going on here that's nefarious, that is done by human inter intervention. But for the most part, it's it's pretty organic and it's like it's destined to be in a sense. Waters, what I think is so fascinating is when I first got into crypto, I got into XRP with the mindset of, okay, great. This is the best financial opportunity I've ever seen. And this is going to give me all this financial freedom to live the life I want to live. And what's ended up happening is I've found people who are like-minded to myself and I've created that reality before I've re received what I perceived as financial freedom, right? So I'm still liable to pay bills. I still have to make an income, but I know that someday I will be totally free. And I think it's important to, to refer to people. Can you explain exactly where the origins of the Shemitah come from? Because I know that we're in the seventh year of the seventh cycle this year, and I'm pretty sure it ends on September 27th, you said. So I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, so the uh, Shemitah, again, it's practiced in in the uh, religion of Judaism. And <clears throat> throughout this uh, practice, it used to be utilized in agriculture. So just to give people a quick you know, rundown of what it is, every seven years, they actually practice not tilling the land on the seventh year. Mm -hmm. So what this means is back in the day, you know, every six years you would be harvesting whatever grows, whether that be wheat or fruits or vegetables. And then on the seventh year, you have a sabbatical year away from agriculture. So you just let it be, right? Yep. And then of course, we didn't always have a, we didn't have computer money or credit cards, or we didn't even consider uh, money a thing for, for many centuries. We used to trade and barter as our like economy. And then over time, you know, we developed precious metals and then moved into the fiat based system that we're working with today. And that's really where it started to get dicey, because you can see that the manipulation of it all through the creation of the Federal Reserve and through the creation of these central banks and sort of parasiting our entire planet through this fake money scam. This is where they started using the Shemitah, the sabbatical year, instead of it being for the agriculture, they've shifted it into being more financial. So now you can see it's a time where they come to collect debts. And this has to do with all the lending they do and all the practices of leveraging. And then it's not only the debts. You could actually look every seven years on Shemitah year. There is a big financial kind of problem. So you can go f uh, seven years before this. Oh, and by the way, we're currently in the Shemitah right now. And like uh, 
Abdullah said it ends on the 27th of September. So we, we still have some time to go. But if you go seven years before this, it was the 2015 Chinese markets had a huge um, volatile uh, experience. And then that also messed up some logistical things because China's like the logistical powerhouse of the whole planet. And then on top of that, seven years before that was the housing market crisis. Seven years before that was the dot-com bubble crash. And you just keep going back time and time again. And you see that it goes to the wars we've had, World War II, World War I, the implementation of the Federal Reserve System, the creation of United Nations, and all of these like globalist, you know, private companies that that rule over the world today. So it's it's amazing that even things like war are happening around Shemitah and look at where we're at now as a world. We're starting to hear the the chime from the news of war like every single day yep. with the Ukraine and Russia thing. So it's not by accident, guys. This is the way the world works. They wait till the Shemitah. They prepare us for the end of Shemitah. And then when it's done, they come and collect their debts. So this is why at the end of this cycle, we always have the most massive market crashes. And um, I've dialed down my work to kind of confirming that it has to deal with the next eclipse that comes after the end of Shemitah. So for us, that would be sometime in October. Um, I'm not trying to make a prediction. I'm just telling you based on the hundred years of chart history we have in like the S&P 500, for instance, as uh, some sort of data to play off of. So yeah, this, this year in and of itself, we already can tell how volatile it is. It's insane. You know, the if you just look at the Dow Jones, it's just up and down, up and down. It's we're seeing tech stocks take a huge tumble like Facebook. And we saw what PayPal started to do. And um, some of these elites actually help us out, believe it or not, because Chamath, uh, I forgot it, Papatalia, he came out and yeah. said to us that the number one uh, financial move he's making for 2022 is shorting PayPal and payment processors. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if we listened to that guy's advice, we would all have been in a pretty solid scenario. (laughs) So, of course, the average person doesn't have the instrument to short PayPal. Uh, They don't even know how to do such a thing. You would need like a brokerage account and et cetera. And um, but I'm just letting you guys know there are elites out there that sort of give us a little bit of a hint of what is going on in the and they do it in plain sight. You know, it's part of the whole ritual of it all. Like we saw Elon Musk come out and give the tweet with the 69K Bitcoin. Yeah, they're they're showing they're giving us signs. They're giving us signs and signals. And 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 sometimes we need to pay attention to the obvious stuff, you know, not yeah. the um, not the emotional stuff when they come out and they're screaming like all this, you know, emotion. That's when you want to just turn it off. But when they're when they're calmly presenting to you truth, that's the perfect time to kind of perk your ears up and, and give it a chance. Yeah. And uh, so we were so excited to have you on the show that. I don't know if we got to Mario. So Mario's a big fan of yours as well. So Mario, uh, floor is yours. Yeah, I really just thought that I wasn't on the stream and instead I was really in this matrix. But uh, <laughs> it looks like I'm here. If you can hear me. But yeah, Jordan, uh, I, I just want to say that thanks to you, I've been able to tap into this matrix. And uh, I got a matrix version of of David over there and I got a matrix version of Brad Garlinghouse. So <laughs> we we all have a question for you, which is we always hear you like whenever you do your videos, you always cover Bitcoin, Ethereum and XRP. I mean, Bitcoin, Ethereum is kind of obvious, but could you tell us a little bit of why um, why you you're into XRP or why you always try to cover XRP? What got you into XRP? 
Yeah, that's a great question. It's funny you asked that around the 22 minute mark of this video. And then like you have the XRP to 589 by end of year. That's because that's 22, five plus eight plus nine. And uh, of course, we're in the we're in the Hebrew year of 5782, which reduces down to 22. And it's the Shemitah year. So yeah, we'll start out with that, you know, like the numbers mean everything. And uh, for me, XRP, when I was learning Gamatria, it was perfectly tied to the numbers. So, um, of course, you guys know that I'm really into mythology. Like, I'm really into the Greek and the, the Roman mythology in particular, because everything about this new world, this new world order, whatever you want to call it, it's all Greek Roman aesthetic. And it's all Greek Roman vibe, you know, like we're in the war time, the time of darkness, where we're seeing there's always, you know, a perpetual war going on somewhere. And this is very Roman. This is very like, you know, it's it's based off their ritual of having moments in time where they take a break from war and then they come back to the war. And it's sad that they do it this way. But anyways, when I started looking into the mythologies of the uh, the Greek and the Roman mythologies in particular, I saw that Ripple and XRP ties directly to Jupiter and Zeus. And this is really important because if you study the mythologies, Jupiter is the king of the gods. He is actually the son of Saturn. He's the son of Kronos. And he overthrows his father to become the king. And at this during this takeover, we see there's a switch in energy and there's a different kind of uh, respect that people have for Zeus um, once this time comes. And I believe, you know, uh, perhaps my work has helped a lot of people in the quote unquote XRP army to like break free from some of this kind of drama and uh, let's just say uh, FOMO type. You know, I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone, but I just feel like you need to prove what you're telling people. You can't just come out and make videos with like Twitter posts and saying that XRP is going to do some arbitrary move. You actually have to you have to share the TA. You have to share like the market cap increase and what that would look like in the overall market as a whole. You have to kind of break that stuff down unless you're being unfair to your to your followers. So when I was first getting into the YouTube thing. I was really like unsatisfied with a lot of the bigger XRP channels and how they were delivering their work. And it was very dramatic. And like, it, it, it just made me feel like they were doing a disservice to really good people. Like they're the people who are following their work wanted to learn about crypto. And I believe they wanted to empower themselves and, and lead a better life. So I kind of started the XRP rabbit hole through the mythologies and my Gamatria study. But then also it was kind of like, I want to help humanity see the truth behind XRP and what XRP is really about. And here's a system that I could show the world to actually give them some preparation for what's to come in XRP. And you guys might remember, like when I started my channel, XRP was below a dollar. And I, I said to the, you know, I said to the public, uh, XRP will hit a dollar for the first time at this exact time in April. And um, it'll be the first time it's done it since, you know, whatever the last time was. And when I released that information, people thought that I was out of my mind. They were telling me I was, you know, you're you're crazy. And I just said, well, that's fine. I'm, I respect how you feel. But here's the gematria. Here's the the numerology. I'll leave it at that. And also, here's the technical analysis. You know, so if you don't even believe the esoteric knowledge, here's the more exoteric perspective of how it goes. And technical analysis isn't an opinion. 
technical analysis is taking data of the past and presenting it in a way that has some sort of a scientific, you know, uh, uh, algorithmic, uh, you know, presentation to the matter with no emotion. And with that being said, you, we saw what happened. You know, XRP went to a dollar and then it, bra- it broke out and continued almost to a dollar, almost to two dollars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So during during that whole breakout, you know, it was kind of giving my work some validity and it was perking up some people's ears into paying a little more attention to this gematria stuff like that. And I noticed that like, wow, you know, there's a lot of people out there in the XRP community and they they're seeing the truth now. Like they're finally it's making some connections. And it was so beautiful to watch the month of April and May. So many people from the XRP community come to my work, uh, start sharing emails with me. And they're like, thank you so much for not sharing a video every day talking about XRP going to $200. Yep. You know, I was getting a lot of love for that. Like it was, it was interesting because of course I was getting some hate initially, but then when we watched the whole move play out, um, then I started getting people being like, okay, you're on to something. I really appreciate what you're doing. And I like the way you're presenting it to us. You know, you're not being dramatic. You're not being emotional. You're not, you're not really trying to um, do anything else besides help people out with this information. Jordan, I have a funny story for you. So my mom actually, we've been holding XRP for like two years now. My mom just downloaded Twitter, right? So two weeks ago, she texted me and she's like, I'm, we need to buy XRP. It's going to go to this, it's going to go to that. And her, her whole sentiment was changing. And I'm like, what's going on? Why are you so like ambitious with the XRP buying lately? And she's like, I saw this on Twitter that next week we're going to go. I saw this chart analysis. We're going to go to $20. And that seems to <laughs> always be the sentiment around XRP. It's like our community is dying for that quote unquote flip of the switch that we've always talked about, right? Because when they start using on-demand liquidity for what it was actually built for, the market cap has to reach a certain price so they can handle all that liquidity. So once people start to fundamentally understand that, they're always waiting for the flip of the switch. And I just think it's funny how you've kind of brought that consistency of like, you're one of the only XRP influencers who isn't hyping up a price, who isn't chasing price action, but instead building that fundamental understanding of what we own and having that mindset of we're going to dollar cost average in and we're going to manage the market appropriately. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I mean, one of the things that I've learned too about growing a platform is when you start giving concrete prices on any asset, it starts to like it starts to create two outcomes. One outcome is the obsession and the hope and the optimism that it will hit those numbers, and then the other side of it is like, oh, I just put like a timestamp on my on my uh, uh, on my reputation. You know, like now I have to live up to this and now I need to make sure it hits this. And it's like, why would anyone want that energy? You know, like this is why I've stepped away from a lot of that kind of stuff. And I'm a long term investor. You know, like I look at this market very long term and I feel like we're we're super lucky that we got into a nascent asset class before it's become completely absorbed by the common man. Like, here's the thing, right? Uh the average investor is not going to get into crypto until their government forces them into crypto. Mm-hmm. That's just plain facts. Like, wow. do you go around the street right now and ask anyone like, hey, do you get, do you have Amazon stock? No, they don't. <laughs> but do they buy on Amazon every single day of their life? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So when we talk to people that we're like having general conversations with about cryptocurrency and we're not talking about blockchain or any of the complicated technological part of it, we could just be very basic in that and say like, okay, well, if we're considering that cryptocurrency is a money or a currency, but no government has implemented it on a strategic level yet, it's just this kind of like fairy dust, you know? 
and we have an opportunity to get into it at a time before it really, really gets pushed in the to the world stage. And and again, this actually answers another part of Mario's question, which is I got into XRP predominantly because I see the paperwork, I see the you know the behind the scenes information and the documents that's showing clearly that the central banks and the Federal Reserve System will implement Ripple's technology. Now, whether that's XRP, that's up for debate because we don't know the truth. The government is very secretive. And I know people in the XRP community want to 100% believe that it will be XRP. And when I say XRP, I'm talking about the XRP tokens that you're currently holding in your portfolio. I'm sorry to break the news to everyone, but you don't know that. They could come out. They could come out next year and say, "Oh, we have XRP version two, and that's what the government's holding, and that's what we're yeah. going to implement." Yep. Right. We don't. And we I don't agree know. with that. Yeah, we don't know, and I, I want people to not give so much of their energy to this uh, to this one hundred percent certainty that it's going to be XRP. Um, when we do this, we get very let down when it doesn't turn out to be that way. And when we have a long-term time horizon, we could see like, oh, XRP is completely undervalued based from a technical perspective. And then also the longevity of the token itself, like what it's gone from like 0.003 pennies all the way to $3 and now it's down again. So I just look at it all as like opportunity until the market cap starts to become absurd. And we're not, we're not nearly, we're not nearly there, there yet. It's great that you mentioned that because I think the same way. I think that nothing is stopping Ripple from essentially just creating a private version of the XRP ledger and and retail investors won't be able to to touch it. But um, you made some really good points. And I, I, there's something that's happening at the moment. There's a technical analyst called Blockchain Backer, and he's been spoken a lot recently and he's been on some channels. And, and um, it's basically he's been able to copy past trends and through the fractals kind of try to not predict, but sort of try to expect what, what could be coming as far as the crypto market. Do you follow? Have you seen any of his work recently? Um, I got to admit, I haven't in some time, but I am aware that he's uh, he's a big voice for the crypto community on on uh, YouTube. Here's what's so my question. Oh, sorry. Yeah, ahead, so I was just my question was so he's been expecting another leg up for for the crypto in general. What is your stance on that as far as um, are we in a bear market or do we still have a continuation to this bull market? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I mean, when it comes to structure, typically bull uh, bull runs end with a noticeable bull trap. And I don't believe we've seen a bull trap yet since Bitcoin's hit its recent highs back in November. So from a technological like standpoint or a fundamental standpoint, Bitcoin's fundamentals and use case haven't really changed. But we do know that Bitcoin is the leader or the energy of this market. So if Bitcoin tumbles tomorrow, all these other cryptos tumble tomorrow. If Bitcoin just has a huge green candle to the sky, all the other cryptos will follow that. So the way that I perceive this market is very basic. Like what Bitcoin does in its structure is something we need to pay attention to. And if, uh, I, again, I'm not really sure about the work of blockchain backer, but anyone who paid attention to the last bull run, they saw that there was a bull trap for Bitcoin. And then this liquidity rotated over into the altcoins that were suppressed. So we haven't seen that happen actually. And um, one other thing that is quite interesting about this bull run so far 
is we had an alt season back at the start of 2021 where like all the cryptos went up in a straight line. And it's been about one full year since that event has happened. And when we go from the bull run of 2017 for Bitcoin down to the bear market low, it took about 365 days to go from all time high to cycle low. So this is actually a really beautiful thing, because if we look at the chart of VeChain or the chart of like T-Fuel, we can see that the all time high was about a year ago. And right now we're placing like super low, you know, 80 plus percent losses. So this is telling me that, okay, we have some confluences here between the amount of time it takes and then also the overall market structure of Bitcoin. So the bigger question that people like ask me, not only about like, is the bull run continuing, but is this like an extended cycle? Are we going to get a cycle that has some sort of extension? And this all sort of aligns with Shemitah. Like when we consider the seven year cycle, we have anomalies. You know, we have completely weird, no, no reason for why we have big moves. And uh, we're in that time frame right now. So the way that I'm analyzing all of this is Bitcoin has been falling down pretty much week after week after week. There needs to be some relief. I mean, when you look at the when you look at the RSI, when you start to look at things from a technical perspective, it's oversold and it's oversold with no fundamental change at all. So why is XRP right. down? Why is XRP down so much when there's no there's no fundamental change at all in what's happened? So what I think is beautiful about this time right now is a lot of the retail investors have been shaken out. Like we've had a market reset where a lot of the like we'll call them weak hands again, no disrespect, but it just is what it is. Yeah, the, yep. the, the weak hands in the market have left and the people like us who are looking as long term investors with a long term time horizon. This is a beautiful kind of like moment where we get to see like the whales have been buying up all those coins and it's ready to move up. And um, I would be really surprised if we continue to move down. There's nothing in my esoteric work, like when it comes to gematria, numerology, or astrology, that says that March should be bearish. I um, I don't right. think we're going to have any bearish quality to this market until the eclipse of April. And that's all the way in April 30th. So we, we might have a legitimate relief rally that goes up all the way until May. That's fascinating that you say that because, um, you know, as I talked earlier about, I've been dabbling in numerology and astrology and some of the charts and stuff I've been looking at kind of showed that we were going to have a bottom in February and we were going to have a monster run or I should say a big run in, in March and April. And again, I'm not predicting as I don't know, but just following some of this astrological stuff, it's just fascinating that it shows, you know, some of these trends and directions. And to hear you actually say that um, in that in that line in that April where it shows it going back down again, lines up with another eclipse makes perfect sense. And that's really what turned us on to you and your show is how do we again, how do we help our viewers and our uh, academy folks be able to start to get an edge? How can you, you know, get that little bit of confirmation to say okay yeah i can follow the fibonacci's and i can see the charts but then how do i tie that to something else um like eclipses or full moons and things like that so waters if people want to learn more about how to do that how how can they do that through you 
So, I mean, I always recommend that people first get started checking out my YouTube channel, watch a video, kind of like watch it from front to back. This way you could see how I start out my videos typically covering gamatria numerology and the more esoteric perspective of the market, because in my opinion, that matters a hundred times more than any chart could ever tell you. Like we just said earlier about JP Morgan, we want to follow the astrology if we want to become billionaires. Yep. Like that's really why I focus on it more. And then what I do is I finish off my videos typically with the technical analysis going over Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP. I focus on those predominantly as market leaders just because of the liquidity sectors that they operate. Uh, for instance, Bitcoin is the overall energy of the market. Then we have the Ethereum being ERC-20. A majority of the cryptocurrencies are on that blockchain. So when we see ETH have big moves, it, it typically creates those big moves for everything else. And then XRP tends to move up a particular sector of coins. We'll call them the ISO 20022 coins. And when that has a move, we see what that does. So I like to focus on those three because those are the most important based off of my work and the whole comprehensive you know, outlook of my, of my findings. And then if people really want to learn a little bit more and get a little bit deeper into my work, I do have a course. My mastermind course has like over 100 videos now. I'm actually uh, in a couple weeks, I'm going to be adding an exit strategy blueprint to my course. So anyone who has my mastermind course will be able to get that full comprehensive breakdown of how I'm planning to exit the market, not just with targets, but how to actually do the TA on your own so that you could watch the videos and then you could go, oh, okay, I have a little bit of you know, uh, Solana, so I'm going to be able to use what I learned in this to apply to Solana. And it's going to be super comprehensive for everyone. And just so your listeners know, I'm going to be making a video tomorrow and I'm going to be running a sale on my course for the end of the month. So if anyone wants that course, you know, you'll be able to get it with the sale, but definitely go check out the channel just so you could kind of feel the vibe and see where I'm coming from with my overall thesis, because it's definitely comprehensive and um, packed full of information. Yeah. Hey guys, make sure you, uh, those descriptions uh, or the links to Warner's site is in the description. Make sure you hit the like button, smash that so people can see this video and get access to his great work. Um, and just tying that to, as we think about now the work you do, right? And we think about yesterday, you know, there's a lot of talk about 222, 2022, and 22 master number, you know, destruction, rebuild, uh, rebirth number. And then we see war happening on that day, or at least Russia moving in and all this concentrated effort now. I think Japan just moved in for for uh, sanctions along with Germany. It's like this this perfectly orchestrated thing. What's your thoughts on this whole 2-22-2022 date? And is there any significance to that with you know astrology and, and where the world is headed? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing to say, just basic, um, we're in the year of 22 in the 21st century. And then, like I said a little bit earlier, we're in the Hebrew year of 5,782 and 5 plus 7 plus 8 plus 2 equals 22. <laughs> and when when we type in Ukraine into a gematria calculator, we get 22. So we'll just start out with that. The most obvious thing. Okay. The yep. second the second thing that's happened recently is the Super Bowl. And I know that this might seem like I'm taking your question and throwing it off in another in another direction, but the Super Bowl is a ritual that if you pay attention to every year, the way the score of the of the overall team uh score is on that Super Bowl, the actual 
Super Bowl number itself, like we just had Super Bowl 56. When you start going through all of that, you'll see that a lot of the rituals that play into the way this world operates come from big major events such as the Super Bowl or the Olympics or, um, you know, whatever's going on in our world stage that the media or the news is giving a lot of attention to. So just to quickly give a summary, the recent Super Bowl, which was Super Bowl LVI, LVI in Gamatria equals 43. And when we look at the overall score of the recent Super Bowl, it was 43. Yep. And the, <laughs> the team, the team who won the Super Bowl was the Los Angeles Rams. And if you think about Los Angeles, it's called the City of Angels and City of Angels in Gamatria equals 44. And this Super Bowl happened on the 44th day of this year. Again, this number 43 is actually the 14th prime number. And Rams and Gamatria equals 14. LA Rams equals 14. It was keep it keeps coming back to this 14. So <clears throat> now the, the second bigger number, which I'm gonna call a negative aspect. So we have a positive aspect and then we have a negative aspect. The negative aspect is this number 15. And I'll I'll break down really, really quickly why. So we recently saw Facebook have a huge tumble to the downside. And this had everything to do with our transition into the year of the tiger. So the year of the tiger started on February 1st. And remember the metaverse, when they launched their initial promo videos, they had one of their promo videos on YouTube, which was a tiger. And it was like a portrait and an art piece in a museum. And it was a portrait of an ox or a bull getting uh, bit by a tiger. So it kind of gave us this symbology like, oh, it's the year of the tiger. The tiger is going to be a good thing. And then we saw what happened with Facebook. It had a huge tumble to the downside. And then who lost the Super Bowl? The Cincinnati Bengals, the Tigers lost. So tiger in Gamatria equals 15. China in Gamatria equals 15. Canada in Gamatria equals 15. What is Canada going through right now? They're having that huge trucker freedom convoy thing. And they're going through essentially martial law. Justin Trudeau is kind of dropping the ball on all of that. Everyone in the country hates this man. We're starting to see like a very quick change in the socio, you know, economic and behavioral patterns of humanity at this time in specific places. And it's all coming back to this bigger connection to the 22 and the number 15 when we're talking about a negative aspect. So it's kind of interesting right now how we're seeing this whole Russia and um, Ukraine thing play out. I mm. I don't personally know how to describe how the outcome will be mm. because, again, like we've heard many war scares that never turned into much of anything. And it's hard to determine like, oh, is this the real one? Is this the one that's really going to happen? But what I would say for people, like if you live in Russia or the Ukraine right now, like I'm sending you my high vibrations and you need to take care of yourself and like go where you're treated best. You know, if you're really scared that there's about to be a war breaking out between two particular nations, like I know it's easier said than done, but people need to take care of themselves when it comes to people who don't live in those two particular nations. You can't be so caught up in this news because it's always news like this that drops the market at a perfect time where it's ready to be a a massive turnaround in the market. So there's one other aspect to say that has this recent event been done on purpose to give the scare to the market so that it pushes the market down thinking that we're going to continue to go down, but it's actually just a buying opportunity similar to what we had with the pandemic. 
we we saw what the pandemic did. It seemed like the end of the world while it was going on, but it ended up being the greatest buying opportunity in history. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's multifaceted. And the way that I look at it is like, I want to position myself accordingly so that whatever happens, I'm safe, but I don't get caught up in the FUD. So it's, it's very, you know, we have to be safe right now with our investments, but we also can't be taking everything so quickly at face value. Um, one of the things that I brought up on the last interview that we did with coach JV was he was asking me about my opinion on Ukraine and Russia. And there was mainstream media headlines talking about how there was going to be an invasion on Wednesday. So this was last Wednesday. And I just, I told coach JV, I was like, you know, if I wanted to rob your house, would I tell you that I'm going to rob your house? (laughs) I hope you do. That way I can prepare. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Be ready. But you see what that did to the market, right? It caught, yep. it, it scared the market. And then what happened after Wednesday? Completely, like it just, it's just so beautiful how this whole thing is operated through sentiment. And now we're in a different world where we don't have newspapers. We, we don't even use TVs. We're using the pocket phone that has information being notified to us every second of every day. And when people are tethered to that information through Twitter or through whatever, you know, app you have on your phone, you're always going to be kept and updated on what's happening. But do you notice when the market's really, really, really bullish how they act, how like all these celebrities come out of nowhere talking about buying NFTs and they're buying Dogecoin and they're buying this, they're buying that. But when it's super negative, we're always hearing like the most dramatic news possible. That sounds like it's the end of the world. So I would just, I would tell people like, you know, no matter how I personally feel about it, again, I I shared my sentiment. I think March is going to be bullish. I think perhaps May or up till very early May will be bullish for the crypto market. But when it comes to this particular year, um, people need to really pay attention to these kind of things that we're talking about here today on this interview, because if they're not, this might be one of the last big opportunities to position yourself for the future. Mm. Are there any particular times this this year that you see based on the numbers of when people should get in or out or like i mean you talked about march being an area like looks bullish is there is that after that is it kind of over are there any times you see later on this year where you'd say hey there may be one last chance to get in you know that's a that's a great question because if you look at the market structure we had between may june and july where we had an eclipse in may and then we had the double bottom between june and july both happening on full moons and then if you look at the market recently we had a eclipse on december 4th and then a double bottom at january and february i mean it's like the same structure so what happened in what happened in august we had a relief rally that moves moved us up into the new moon of september so if we were to interpret this moving forward it would be a relief rally through march that ends at the new moon of april which would be like april 1st right yeah. so now, we also have this really popular thing that's like sell in May, walk away. Mm. So that's been practiced. We saw it happen last year yep. where May came around and we just had a huge tumble in the market. So yep. I would not be surprised if we do see like a sell in May, walk away type situation, but then we actually hold structure. So again, this is not financial advice. This is just me saying when I'm saying holding structure, this might mean that the bull run may continue. And the only reason I feel that way is because when we had the Shemitah of 1986 into 1987, 1987 was just a rally the whole way. Like it was just always going up. And then we had that black, uh, I think it was called Black Monday. Yeah. 
and and Black Monday happened around the eclipse. So this would kind of, if we were to interpret this moving forward, it would be like, imagine we stay bullish until uh, May. We sell off in May, kind of form some structure in June and July. And then we move up for one last leg up into like September. And then we have, you know, a bigger devastating market crash. So that would be like a very comprehensive way of breaking down. And if we were to, you know, consider all this information, that would be like dollar cost averaging he more heavy now because these are the lower prices. And then looking out to that sort of like May timeframe to buy the dip of sell in May walk away. That's fascinating. Hopefully, guys, if you're listening, you wrote those those time periods down. Yeah. I think you just got an insight there of uh, what could be certain. I, I think, uh, you know, you talked about Shamitha coming or ending in September. So, yeah, it sounds like we want to make sure. Yeah. And I mean, like overall, my advice to people is don't even give don't even give too much energy to this whole like uh, buying the dip or like, you know, just yeah. dollar cost average. Like if you have a business yeah. or you have a job, like you want to be implementing at least 10% of your wealth every month to an investment. And when you're doing 10% of your, 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 let's just call it 10% net, right? Not gross. Like, 10% of your overall profits that you have, put that into an investment, like put it in coins you believe in. Don't put it in coins just because some YouTuber told you. Like you have to think for yourself, like do what's best for you, you know? Yes. Do, you, do your research and put your money where, where you believe it belongs. And this way it's on you, it's your decision and you're being sophisticated about your investment thesis. And you take that dollar cost averaging protocol over the next 10 or 15 years and you're gonna see how that pays off. I think that was great. I I think I saw Brad sort of flinch and took out his phone and wrote that down on his notes. I don't know. I, the window's kind of small. I couldn't tell, but I think he did that. Yeah. I mean, maybe if he wasn't spending so much time selling all of his XRP on, on uh, the XRP crew, he, he might be able to, you know. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, that's oh, great. <laughs> I think David's back there taking notes too, it looks like. <laughs> Actually, so it's it's pretty it's pretty funny that guy's uh, Twitter uh, David Schwartz has sort of become like part of the decoder um, yes. attention. You yeah. know, be giving a lot of attention to their uh, his tweets, and I haven't really looked at his Twitter. But you know, one thing I will say to everyone that might be interesting is if you go back to the uh, time these guys went to Antarctica. You know, they uh, uh, David Schwartz recently just went to Antarctica. Like I don't remember, was it back in December? Yeah, or uh, maybe okay. a little before. Yeah. So during that time, uh, I was exposing to everyone how the flag of Antarctica is actually the Ethereum logo. I remember. Ah. <laughs> I remember. And yeah. the triangles, the above to the below. Yeah. Yeah. So it's literally, it comes from this movie called Castle in the Sky, which was a Hayao Miyazaki movie. And it, in the whole movie, they're literally trying to find the Ethereum crystal. And this movie came out before Vitalik Buterin was even born. So for, for those of you that want to get into decoding and like, you know, look deeper into that story, I think it's pretty ironic how, you know, they went to Antarctica, which literally has the Ethereum logo as their uh, flag. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's pretty amazing how how this is all tied in. And it makes me wonder, like, what David Schwartz's role is in all of this, because remember, I showed you guys in our decode that David Schwartz adding up to 47 and 47 is a 15. And that 15 has a negative aspect to it this year. So I don't know what's going on with this guy, David Schwartz, but he's always like trolling the XRP community with his yeah. tweets. Yeah. He's like, you yeah. know, XRP moves up by like 5%. And he's like, oh, I think I spilled something on my keyboard or something. And like people, <laughs> people are giving that a lot of energy. So 
It's funny because I remember last year, Waters, he tweeted out a picture and it was a it was a chart. I can't remember what stock or what crypto it was, but it was like 70 cents, 70 cents, 70 cents, $300 in, in one green candle. And everybody took that and ran with it. I just think it's it's it shows you where the XRP community is at. We have these long-term investors and then we have people chasing price action. And there's a healthy mix, but the only way that you're going to be able to navigate this market totally is if you understand the product. And I think yeah. that the price is actually the least of my concerns. It's the utility of what they built. Yeah, well, precisely. I mean, you know, when we're in a, an economy that has quantitative easing, where they're just printing indefinitely over these huge time horizons, no matter what they do with the in interest rate increases, which another thing, that's a huge psyop as well, because people have come out and perpetuated this idea that the Fed increasing rates through March and et cetera will be a bad thing for the market. But go study the last time they did it. It was positive on the market. Can you speak um, a little more to that, Waters? I'd love to hear it. Well, I mean, I'm not like I don't spend too much time looking into the Fred or the Federal Reserve's data. But what I can say is the last time we saw the Federal Reserve uh, increasing rates whilst cryptocurrency was a publicly traded, you know, um, uh, we'll call it an asset, right? That's what it technically is. When it was being publicly traded, we can see that it was actually good for Bitcoin. Bitcoin went up substantially during that time. So that's not me saying that it will happen again because it's happened in the past, but it is me saying that we can't as content creators or influencers or whatever, come out and just make these blanket statements that the Federal Reserve increasing rates will without a doubt create downside pressure on the market. I actually believe the complete opposite. I think it's going to help the market. I think if they were to not increase, I think if they were to not increase rates, the market will crash. Like, I think it'll completely start to go to the downside because they they need this whole manipulation through what they're doing so that it continues. That's the esoteric reason behind Shemitah, because we have a fake money system, but we we zoom out of any chart and we see it's a perpetual uptrend. Yeah. So how do you make the how do you make the phony show go on? Well, you create big market crashes yes. and then you just you just keep it moving over a longer time horizon. So that's one thing to be uh, to be said about that. But I'm not entirely sure if I answered the overall question before that. No, that's that's perfect. And I want to tie it back to what happened uh, maybe a month ago when the Fed came out and said that they're not allowed to own individual stocks. And blockchain backer who, Mar who Mario had mentioned earlier pointed out that our stock chart in the past, I think, 30 days basically hit the 4.236. And at that same time, I believe it was the same week they came out and said the Fed's not allowed to hold individual stocks during this year. And I just, the timing is almost divine, right? It's, it's so perfect, it couldn't be planned. I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto because we're closing in our last four minutes here. So I want to get one last question. Yeah, so Waters, you know, here at the Academy, we, we've been teaching people that, you know, it's all about what coins have a real world solve or utility, right? And that we really think, this market, this whole cryptocurrency and the underlying technologies behind them are going to really play out in 2025 and beyond. So totally agree with you that this is just a great time to accumulate. If you've got a long term view, uh, there's going to be many, many people that are many millionaires and maybe even billionaires that are, you know, that, are, that come out of this market. Um, but one of the things we have a huge XRP following here yeah. and one of the things they want to know about is this sec lawsuit and when is it gonna end so the question obviously nobody can predict that but through your work and through your numerology and astrology is there any insights or clues you that you see of, of maybe when when this thing might come to an end or what's your what's your thoughts on the whole xrp uh, sec lawsuit and what you can say from from your work so i believe it's probably going to happen in 2023 
um, unfortunately. And and here's the play, okay? Like imagine we have my scenario that I shared earlier where I said the market could continue up, perhaps generate somewhat of an alt season into the month of uh, May, like really early May. And if it really ends there, okay, that would be completely fine because a lot of people have been in this market for a while. They kind of want to get out, right? But if it was to build the structure that I mentioned about selling in May and walk, sell in May, walk away, and then we have a buying opportunity where it continues to the upside, but then ends around like, let's just say September, October, if that was the play. I think the next crypto crash would be the perfect reason to implement, you know, some regulatory clarity, if you will. And one other thing that I think is super important is the tokenization of the stock market. So the whole world is going to blockchain. And I believe that we need to have this uh, conversation in a very like cohesive, multifaceted perspective, because it's not just one thing. It's many moving parts. All right. We have to kind of consider all those things together. So as far as I understand with Ameribor and uh, the getting rid of LIBOR and moving into Ameribor and this um, this newer kind of system of the blockchain running on ERC-20, which is Ethereum, I think this will be like the perfect storm for more regulation getting rid of a lot of these like shit coins and then kind of moving in the ISO 20022 thing, which was supposed to be implemented in 2023 anyways. But I think we'll start hearing the kind of some of the rollout stuff into Q4 of 2022. So a devastating market wipeout uh, after an alt season, I think would be a really solid uh, kind of purpose to end this SEC thing and move us forward into uh, what these coins were designed to do anyways, which would just be a liaison between the old system and the new system. Awesome. Yes. Uh, Mario, actually, you can you can take it away here with the last question, please. Yeah, I don't have a question. I really just wanted to say, but uh, wait, you have a question, Brad? No? Okay. No, I just wanted to say that, uh, Waters, you, you, the one thing that I've really learned from you is just taking that step back and, and just um, not expecting anything from the market, taking everything as taking a day at a time and whatever the market gives, if it's a day to buy because it's down, you buy if it's, if it's up, you sell. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. Yeah, man, that's all love. I mean, like one of the things that we got to do is don't have expectations. Yeah. You yeah. know, be, be your own, like, like serve your higher purpose, like do everything based on love and like stop living in fear. And like, once you kind of get on that path, time doesn't truth, time doesn't exist for you anymore. You start to put your head where it belongs, which is in your creation. You know, you want to be creating stuff every day, whether that's ideas or art or, or just teaching. And when you get on that energy, you're not waiting around for a crypto to go up. What's problematic right now is the YouTube world has sold all these investors that we need to be sitting on our computers all day waiting for some price to go up. And when we put all of our energy and attention there, we're not being creators, we're being consumers. So we need to switch. We need to switch our minds and be more creative. And we'll see that when this investment goes up, it's fine. It's beautiful. When it goes down, we're not too concerned. Right. Yep. And that's what we teach at the Warrior Academy. It's a mindset first company, right? Where that's what we all, I think that's how we vibrationally align so well is that we're not focused on the price action. We're focused on creating the understanding of what we're invested in. And that's going to give us the awareness to not get swayed by the market emotionally. But I just wanted to say thank you for being basically a great guiding mentor for a lot of our community, allowing us to keep a level head and understand what's taking place. Because I know a lot of times it can be overwhelming and confusing, especially if it's your first year in the market. But I love what you said about 2023 and how you think the lawsuit will be resolved then because in my head, that's right around the corner. I can remember two years ago 
when Brad Garlinghouse put out a video and in the background it flashed 2 22 And in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, if we have to wait until 2022 for a resolution, that's going to be a while. And then here we are today. That just happened yesterday and it feels like time flies. So I'm sure I'm going to be sitting here in 2023, hopefully talking to all three of you about how great it is that the XRP is finally being utilized. I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto for a closing comment. Yeah. So first of all, uh, Waters, thank you so much. This is fascinating. And for anybody out there who who doesn't believe in frequencies and vibrations and whether it's real or not, I just want to say this to you. How many times have you maybe sat in your car and you've heard a song and, you know, it may made you depressed or you heard a song and it got you really fist pumping and you're saying you're, you're, you're happy and you're singing it out loud in the car. You know, it's amazing because guess what those are? Songs are nothing but just frequencies. And it's amazing how one song, you know, can can completely turn around how you feel. And so what you're saying makes so much sense and how these how this whole thing ties together with astrology and numerology and how it kind of guides our lives. So thank you so much for that. We love your work. We're gonna continue to follow you and, and you know be part of our community. Love what you're doing and would love to have you again on the show. Yes. Yeah, man, it would be great. Just uh, reach out to me whenever. I really appreciate you guys, and I appreciate the 3T Warrior Academy. You guys are beautiful. Always always sending high vibes to you guys and, and all the love. It's mutual. Yes. We love what you do. We love your work, and we follow it daily. This group specifically, and I, I know Mario's the one who brought us to your content. Well, me specifically. Johnny found you in the spring, and Mario brought you to us. And the amount that I've learned just from your approach to the market has been unbelievable. The maturity that's taken place. From my understanding, I don't get swayed emotionally, and I think I think you play a very, very big part of that. I want to give you a chance to just let people know where they can find you again at the end of this podcast, and then we'll close it out here. Yeah, of course. So my YouTube channel is just Waters Above Crypto. You'll be able to find me there. Uh, Gamatria Crypto as well as another tag. I believe there'll be a link in your guys' description. And then um, I do have a Patreon mastermind community. Every single week I do a podcast called my Red Pill Podcast. It's kind of like a weekly market wrap up. And then it does go over a bunch of altcoins. So those people out there that love my work and they're seeing me cover Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, but they want to know a little bit more how I'm analyzing the other coins. The community actually votes on coins weekly. And then I cover all of those. I usually do about five different coins every single week. So there's that. And then it includes access to a private discord, which has our whole community in it. And um, that's a beautiful place for people because we're all like minded over there. We're all empowering each other. We're all trying to keep each other like on the same wavelength, whether, you know, we hear negative news or positive news. We're keeping it very, very balanced. And it's a beautiful place to come together and have people um, all on the same frequency. I love it. And we know it because we're in there. So me, Mario, and Johnny firsthand understand exactly what you're saying. But thank you. I wanted to say thank you. And if you guys would like to come and find a place with like-minded individuals, get a fundamental understanding of how to navigate the market and what people who really understand this thing are doing, please join the Warrior Academy and check out our platform. You can get one-on-one -on -one access with us. Coach JV, that's his, that's his hub of information. You can learn everything he's doing from a portfolio to mindset to his team and his wise counsel. And I just want to say again, thank you to Waters Above because the amount of knowledge that he's been able to teach me and it's been basically totally free through his YouTube content and his Patreon as well. It's been amazing, man. So I just wanted to say thank you again. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. It's all love. Much Beautiful. love and vibration to you, brother. <laughs> and like we always say, guys, we always close it out with our one saying, Warriors, rise. 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 Get together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go.